Oh, baby! Brooklyn Nets basketball is back. Preseason game number one is in the books. We're talking about Ben Simmons' debut, how he fits with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the court, and gosh darn it, just being elated that there is basketball back in Brooklyn. All coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, my friends, it is the Locked On Nets podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie, owner-operator of DFSR for all your daily fantasy sports rankings from DraftKings to FanDuel. He's got you covered. I'm Adam Arbrecht, breaking down the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast with my boy Andy Mack. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day free on all those great platforms. And Doug... It is Brooklyn Nets basketball, man. We're going to obviously talk about the debut of Ben Simmons, the superstars, the starting rotation, everything else. But I'm jacked up, my friend, if you cannot tell already. Oh, man, it was an event. I, like, I was I was so pumped to be finally see this, how it was going to turn out. Finally see these guys take the court. It's been such a long time coming. Um, you know, I, I don't know. We never know how things are going to work out over the course of the season. We do know that for the first time tonight, they actually all stepped on the court together. Looked like they were having fun. We're going to talk about the game, the, the lineups, you know, who played, who didn't, how they played, what we thought, all that stuff. But just on a high level, after a year of just problems and question marks and all this other stuff, and there still are question marks, but the question marks, at least for tonight, weren't around who was playing. They, put, they threw their best team out there that they think they're going to play with. I think there's a lot to take away, even from a preseason game, just on a high level. And for, at least for one night here... <laughs> Like after uh, such a long period of turmoil for the Nets, we got to see what these guys can look like together and sort of start dreaming on the upside. You better believe it. it took on obviously the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a game that had no Joel Embiid, no James Harden. Guess what? Nobody cares on this particular podcast because that's not what it's about. Um, we welcome everybody in as well over on YouTube. And, and I'll tell you what else we don't care about. Uh, Cash, they look rusty out there. Ain't nobody care about that, man. We're going to talk. This is about, this is just about basketball being back. And, and I'll say too, unlike other sports, and you know, uh, this episode is going to be about the big three, about the starting unit. And we're going to come back in tomorrow and break down the second half of this game, essentially 127, 108, the Nets fall, if that matters for you. Um, But unlike other sports, when, when, when a game tips off in the NBA preseason or not, like, it, it's basketball. There is no, like, there's no soft version of it. You know, there could be harder fouls or things like that. But everybody's trying to get the job done. Everyone's looking to work on their game. Like, that, I think, is what is awesome about preseason basketball. Like, it started. The season has started for me. I'm fully in now. Yeah, and I and I think that, like we said, I think there are things that we can already start taking away for what we can sort of project out on. Was yeah. the game perfectly played by the Nets? Of course not. Like, um, But there was definitely problems. This team has never played together. This is the first time in real live basketball action that this group ever stepped on the court together. If you think it's going to come out of the gate looking perfect, uh, like go and figure out, you know, take a deep breath and come back a little bit if, it's, if you're going to start getting tilted around short-term performances. But I think on a basketball level, you can begin to take away some 
again, like some macro things around what this team can look like with Simmons and what the macro differences are with this team, even just compared to last team. Like these are to- these are totally different teams. This is uh, I, we actually can just probably just throw last season out as a comp for what to expect because mm-hmm. there's so many fundamental changes with how they're just going to play and who their personnel is going to be in just different combinations that I just don't even know how much we need to look back at last season. And just even with the starting lineup, right? So they start, and we had, we had wondered about where they were going to go with this. We wondered um, where, like, who was going to start if it was going to be Rose O'Neal. It's, it's Simmons, Kyrie, Durant, uh, Joe Harris starts, and Nick Claxton. Yep. And I think, you know, when you saw that, one, were you encouraged about, like, sort of that Harris was with this group? And two, you know, what did you think about how it sort of like began to gel together or not uh, as that five-man group? Because I think I think we can feel pretty confident now that's that first game of the season that's going to be their starting lineup. Yeah, and there's there's some thoughts I have around Joe Harris specifically being out there and how he looks. Remember coming back from that ankle injury, multiple ankle surgeries in the off season. So we'll get to him. But yeah, you have to be confident because it obviously starts with Ben Simmons. He's the guy we haven't seen in a Nets uniform. And to your point. The impact that he has on both ends of the floor and the function of this team is unlike anything that we saw at any point since getting Kyrie Irving and since getting Kevin Durant. I, again, plenty to work on, but you've got to love the fact that Ben Simmons did absolutely everything, if you search in the recesses of your mind, that he was capable of doing pre, pre-Philadelphia, pre pre-back injury and everything else. You always talk about absence, you know, makes, the, makes you kind of forget what that player is capable of. He did it all. He did it all. He did it on both ends of the floor. The stat line isn't going to tell you how good it could be during the regular season. And do you want to start offensively or defensively? Where do you think it mattered most in this, in this preseason sample, Ben Simmons' impact? Okay, yeah, let's start on offense. So okay. as a reminder for everyone just that needs this little reminder, Ben Simmons' last game was June 20th, 2021. <laughs> like, it's been a long time since he's played, 15 months um, since he stepped on for, like, real live NBA speed basketball action, right? Yep. Just start there. Like, he has not played in 15 months. He's walking out there with an all-new an all new group. I think what you saw from him tonight was basically, one, he looked fully healthy. Yes. Um, I don't think he was even playing at full speed uh, to start. But let's start on the offensive end for him. It's very clear already that, it's, that he is sort, not, he's not hardened uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But what the Nets have missed in their offense, and we saw this so much in the Celtics series especially, was they had no connector on offense between Kyrie and KD. They had no one to sort of put things together. They had no one to, to you know, one, find open open shooters. Two, run two-man actions where they could, again, find open shooters. Three, see the court in a way where he can see over most defenders or see through lanes that they just haven't had a guy since Harden that could even do it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Harden obviously is like next level at that stuff Simmons is in that range he's just totally different and you already saw it like they had so many good looks on offense in the first in the first uh quarter I know there's no Embiid no Harden it doesn't matter we're just talking about a team that's just starting to play together for the first time he had he ended up having five assists he could have easily had eight 
Um, he had a, like a couple like just next level reads. One was to Royce O'Neal for a three pointer. Um, another was to Harris in the corner. He had two that didn't go down on wide open looks. They just haven't had that guy on offense since Harden left at all. And they not even at all. They didn't have anyone even close. Like and it and it stagnated their offense to such a degree that you know, it's easy to it was easy to blame coaching and I think that you know, they didn't do themselves any favors there. But they just didn't even have anyone with the requisite skill set to be able to do these things together. So, uh, do these things at all. So, I just think even starting there I, like it was just a reminder of what he could already do. We already knew this about him, that he was this kind of player. And if this is what the, if this is an approximation of what they're going to get on offense, there are going to be nights where those shots are going down and the Nets are going to absolutely blitz teams. We'll talk about the defense here in a second. But do you agree with that, like on the offensive piece? And look, hey, I get it. They lost. Like They, they didn't make a lot of their shots. You, you can take things. Here's a little just, um, just tutorial for people yeah. here. Here we go, Doug. You are allowed to make... I like this. Preseason game number one. Listen up, folks. Well, no, you're allowed to make judgments if the ball doesn't go in the basket. Yes. Like, don't, like, you are allowed to figure things out about basketball by not just using the ball going through the hoop as the ultimate judge and referendum on whether something went correctly. Yep. If you do that, you are missing the forest for the trees in a big way. I don't know what else to tell you. And I think if you just think about it on that level, you saw a lot here from Simmons. Yeah, and what I liked offensively from Simmons, you mentioned it about being a connector. And and given the fact that he is effectively, he, he can play a point forward for you. He can play at the five. He did do that uh, at times here in this game. The ball movement through the paint, I think, is yeah. w- was the big takeaway for me, right? Because when you think about, obviously, if you played small ball and Kevin Durant is at the five, that looks a certain way or looked a certain way last season. But Ben Simmons being able to rebound, work in transition, drive into the paint, and then unlike any other player they've had of that size and that skill set, say, oh, I can do anything from here. I can drive the basket and look to draw a foul. I can also make the connecting pass. And I think those two-man games that you mentioned as well, like that's the thing that I want to see evolve here for these for the highest guys, the three, and also the starting unit overall. Because the, the trickle-down that we can get into here is how it benefited a guy like Nicholas Claxton in that starting unit. That was a big question too. How are these guys going to function and play together? I think the baby sample size offensively saw a lot of things to like. Here in a second when we talk about D, defense I think there are a lot of things to love about what this is going to look like with Simmons in there all right we're going to get to the defensive stuff we're obviously went through 10 minutes of the first game of the first preseason game and barely mentioned Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving so um I think we can we'll we're having ourselves talk. a night <laughs> yeah no it's, we're in one we're on one right now we're, on okay. one right now. Uh, we're gonna we'll get into those guys as well we'll talk about the defensive stuff like Adam talked about and like I said just a reminder we're gonna talk about the second half of this game uh which essentially ends up being a, to- a totally different game than the first with all the those guys we'll talk about those guys tomorrow plenty of takeaways from the second half as well first gonna talk to you about our friends over at Bill Bar if you haven't tried the Bill Bar puffs yet I don't know what you're thinking you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. Guess what? They got a new flavor out there. You can indulge in that cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built Bar has done it again. The ch- cookie dough chunk puffs are made of 100% real chocolate, chewy texture, uh, super light and super healthy for you. Give you the stats, 160 calories, whopping 15 grams of protein. You're not even going to believe these things are healthy. You're going to take one look, one taste. You'll think they tricked you. They haven't. The stats back it up. Like I said, 100% covered in real chocolate. Take them with you on the go. Know you're getting a healthy snack. Know it's filled with collagen protein. Your body absorbs that more efficiently. It's got a ton of health benefits. It tastes good and good for you. You go to built.com. Use the promo code locked on 15 
to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. All right, friends, diving in then to the defensive side of the court here for the Brooklyn Nets in the Big Three debut, that starting rotation. Friendly reminder here as well, we're doing this preseason postgame live. That's going to become more of a trend than a blip as we hit the regular season. So be sure to be around for those on YouTube where you can like and subscribe as we often recommend. On the defensive side of the ball, um, there's a number of things that I think worked really well here. But high level the thing that I want to see if my if my eye test is proven right here over preseason into the regular season is the difference in defensive connectivity, I'll call it, when Ben Simmons is playing out near the perimeter and he has the agility and quickness to go from wing to wing following with a player or passing that assignment off looks so much different than your what we've seen from the Nets switching defenses because whether it was Joe Harris whether it was Nicholas Claxton out there who we know is a high level player on the defensive end as well it just didn't have the same fluidity and it seemed like we were getting a lot of opportunities where Ben Simmons is playing out there on the arc picking up his assignment and I specifically I saw the instance where Joe Harris was kind of playing off of Ben's hip and almost waiting, do I need to pick up the, the, the mark you're going to leave or do I transition over and continue to play to my man, right? It seems to offer a really nice level of flexibility, but one that doesn't involve a heavy expectation of quick read reaction, which benefits everybody else who may not be the best on-ball defenders. Yeah, look, I think they're still going to play tons of switch everything. I think that they yep. th- they don't have to do it a ton in the preseason. I think we saw some of it, but not all. Um, it's very, I mean, look, Maxi torched them early. The Sixers made every three in the first half, like, and a lot of them were good looks. It wasn't a perfect defensive showing by any stretch of the imagination. Nope. There were clear um, defensive miscues, especially on assignments, probably whether or not they were switching or not. Like, there was just, it, there just wasn't. I think it was more of a reps issue than anything else. Like, it's oh just yeah, I'm, commu- I'm going to cherry pick what I think looked you know good there because to your yeah, point, yeah, yeah, yeah. the lack of communication and familiarity is going to create what I, what you cannot invest a, a reaction in something that pro- shouldn't we think exist as you get time together, right? Totally, totally. I mean, like, yeah, and look, there was definitely miscues. Um, a lot of those open threes were just miscues. Like I said, just on, we'll have to go back and watch some of this, but just on what was, like, what was the overall scheme and just picking up um, picking up uh, assignments within those schemes. But what, sort of like what we saw on offense, Simmons finally brings another a kind of another level of guy that the Nets have again have desperately needed for the last really two seasons but specifically last season they desperately needed a guy who was super versatile super live on the ball um he had at least two times where he picked uh pockets of guys on trailing like on where he was trailing behind them was able to get into them one was on Tybal and what the other I forget who it was but it was more in the lane Little things like that that we haven't seen that then can turn into transition opportunities. We didn't see it a ton, but we saw it enough as a reminder to be like, oh, right, this guy does create havoc for you if he's your if he's your primary assignment. Or even if things get mucked up a little bit, how he's able to worm himself into different situations. And we, start, we started to see how that is going to come to fruition here as well. Once they get the communication piece down, once they're able to play a more like what you said, a cohesive unit um, – this, what Simmons adds in the defensive end is again very, very clear. Like you don't have to, 
you don't have to just watch Sixers three pointers going in to know that there's like something else is going to happen here on defense for them. Yeah. It wasn't all perfect, but the seeds of it are already there. It's so it's very very clear um, that what Simmons adds here in terms of functionality and like once he and Claxton are on the same page with some of this stuff, it is going to. I think you're going to start feeling much more confident about them playing together. Like I think that that is going to be another sort of like live unit <laughs> that's going to look a little different, but I think we saw enough of it tonight to start to make you feel pretty encouraged by the upside. Yeah. And just to make the footnote of on the offensive end in transition, when he had that little over the back uh, pass oh, yeah. drop off to Nicholas Claxton, who went through the cut through the traffic for the flush. Like that's the thing you start to dream on and why you heard Claxton speaking so glowing. And by the way, with that. that specific play with that specific play, it was another example of like okay one they haven't had a guy like this too because if you're if there was a guy he was not he was not first on that break he was sort of a trailing guy he had I believe Kyrie out in front of him Kyrie took a defender with him mm-hmm. all Simmons did was instead of forcing the issue he took his defender three steps to the side to clear the lane it was so very purposeful he took his defender out of the lane instead of pushing the action knowing they had a trailer coming bided his time and then flipped it it's like one of these again it can look like nothing in the moment but it's very intentional, right? It's like, I could take this guy one-on-one. I'm bigger than him, I'm stronger than him, and I have Kyrie in front of me. But Kyrie took Kyrie took the one guy out of the way. I'm going to take the second guy out of the way because he has to stay, stick on my hip or I'm going to bust by him, and now I have a trailer. So it's just those little things. Like, I, I again, I, if, it's not, I don't think it's like, I got called delusional already on Twitter. It's not delusional. Like, these are the little things that the Nets have not had a guy that can do some of this stuff, right? By like and large, do. I'm going to tell you right now, Doug Norrie, <laughs> on the spectrum of, of too realistic to delusional, uh, Doug Norrie is nowhere near it's that spectrum. Two separate not people the, call me delusional. Like, hey, listen, uh, like, I'll, I'll check like, the tape hey, on it. But by the way, but, time this for is, anything. but this is all that you can accomplish. This is all that you can accomplish in a first preseason game. And we're, that's, that's yeah. why, by the way, we're not shooting the moon here and saying championship or bust but all of the seeds are in place for this to be successful and it's everything that we talked about leading up to seeing these guys get on the court together and you mentioned Kyrie Irving in it speaking of being on one don't tell Kyrie Irving that this was a preseason game because for a guy that missed a lot of time last year he was on the defensive end and it's one of the things I'll yeah. tie into it just to make sure we start to talk a little bit about Kyrie and Kevin Durant and then obviously though I think the overall starting unit and the first couple of players that, that came in off the bench matters here as well um, but the I think that the defensive effort and defensive mentality that feeds off of one another. And when you talk about putting Ben Simmons into this and then giving Nicholas Claxton more flexibility and where he gets implemented, all of a sudden, and we talked about this before, the assignments, the lift from the non-quote-unquote defensive players becomes a lot lighter and it makes it a lot easier to really drill down and want to do some of the extra dirty work. I expect to see that build on itself as we work towards the season too. Yeah, look, Kyrie looked in in regular season form for the most part. Like, he took his opportunities. He was able to do a couple Kyrie, sort of quintessential Kyrie little drives. To the, to the, yeah, little blow-bys to the basket <laughs> where he, it looks like he's moving in second gear and then you that other person must be moving in, like, .5 gear because, like, it doesn't he doesn't look like he's moving all that fast and he's all of a sudden passed somebody to the basket. And that defender was over. playing in 16-bit. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I love watching Kyrie, yeah. man. I love watching the – like, these guys are just super – if you like basketball, I don't know – but it doesn't even matter what you think of Kyrie. Like you have to be able to like watching him play. It's so 
it's so fluid. He looked like he hasn't missed a step, really. He did not push the action too much on offense. I don't no. think – I think there was a part of them that was just sort of getting their sea legs under them um, to some degree where it was like, hey, we don't need to go crazy here. We're testing the waters. Like, we're fully confident in what our games are. We need not worry about winning this game. Like, I think that that was – clear and at the other that was actually kind of on offense and like I said they just missed a ton of open shots too but um but on defense I agree with you that there is a tone set that I think we're going to continue to see come over and look and for Kyrie too he's always given max effort on defense I thought he's undersized like he's I know you're not I know you're not saying that but he's always been a close to max effort guy in defense he makes a lot out of a little with, with his stature and size um, and we saw that tonight, and I think he will really embrace playing in a style like this that they know, and I guess we'll talk about this in a little bit with some of these other guys too, is they know that that defensive effort is going to be paid off in transition, like, a lot. I tell you lot. what, like, especially, sorry, not, not to jump in, especially because it, because so much of it's going to be predicated on Ben Simmons' defensive effort and knowing that he's, more often than not, probably going to be the one rewarding you on the offensive end, right? So it, it, yep. I think... You want to talk a little bit about that cohesion and developing chemistry? I think those things matter too. You you even saw this. Is, I'm getting off topic when Nicholas Claxton fumbled his way through the lane, but managed to th- whip one in the corner to Kevin Durant. When he knocked that triple down, he ran back down the court with a grin on his face because it just feels like again, little bit of a, of a reset of the timeline for this Brooklyn Nets team. It looks like they're ready to have chemistry and fun playing on the court together. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, and I think that we're going to see more of that. And I just as a reminder, again, for the third time this show, we'll take a break here in a second, then we'll come back and just talk about some of these other talk about basically the eight man rotation that the yeah. Nets threw out um, as their uh, as their opening lineup. And I think that a lineup that probably will carry over basically one to one to the regular season. But uh, like from a first impression standpoint you did get the sense that this was fun for them, right? Like, and there were smiles and I don't think that anyone for, you know, from their point of view was taking too much away from it and say, Hey, we're on the court. We're playing together for the first time. Here's what we're going to be able to do. We're going to be able to do some things really, really well. And this is the first preseason game. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent. So coming up here in a second, we'll talk about this eight man rotation that we're excited about. I have some pretty specific takeaways from a man coming off injury. And then also the newest addition, one of the newest additions for the Brooklyn Nets in Royce O'Neal. Okay. So when we talk about the eight man rotation, we said Joe Harris is in the starting five, going to take a brief moment on him just to make a very clear statement. I think that he benefits greatly from this type of lineup as much as anyone else is going to as being that sharpshooter. And I'm surprised to see that he looks a little bit leaner and a little more agile. Like, I'm going to watch that all preseason here, too. I'm not going to overread into it, but he just looked a, li- he looked a little bit more spry. It can just be because he had a long, t- long layoff here. He looks like a slightly more nimble player than he has in years past. I- I'll be curious if I drill down into quotes and some questions that he may get asked by the media, if there was any intention around the way he worked out coming back from this ankle injury. Uh, two for seven from three. All I'd say all six beauties. of the seven looks. All six of the seven looks were really good. Um, if he's taking those, if he's taking seven three pointers a half, like, in the, like he did <laughs> yeah. in this game, um, the Nets are going to score a million points. Like I don't really don't know what to tell you. The looks that he had in this game for a guy that we know is one of the, like the best three point shooters in all of the NBA. If these are going to be the quality of looks that he sees in the offense, the nets are going to score like 115 points. <laughs> like they're going to score so many points. I, like that's just, it's pretty easy to see. They, they weren't there tonight. He's another one that's had 
close to a year layoff here. Um, yep. And so there's it's to be expected that not everything is going to go down at real game speed. But the the quality of looks that he got were good. I thought he looked super healthy, if, even if the shot came up short a few times. So maybe it's maybe the legs are still getting up, you know, out from under. I think he airballed the first one. Uh, was that was that his first shot? Was the air? <laughs> yeah, the first shot yeah. I believe was an airball. Um, yeah, but o- overall though, uh, we were we debated whether it would be Harris or O'Neal in the starting lineup. It looks like it's going to be Harris. I'm totally fine with it. Um, I, it's just because I think we know what we're going to get, and tonight was a little glimpse of that. I'm going to bypass over. Everyone will be shocked. I'm going to look past Nicholas Claxton here just because I think we, we talked about him a lot leading up to this. We kind of predicted the benefits that he was going to receive with Ben Simmons out there. He looks bigger. He looks athletic. He looks more fluid. All, all the things that we want to see from him are there. Dayron Sharp also came in off the bench as well. Royce O'Neal, to me, is a guy that we have to spend a good amount of time on here because... In the offseason, whether or not a first-round pick is the right price tag to go get a player like this is neither here nor there. We wondered, you know, you let Bruce Brown leaves. He just, the, the guy, the glue guy, he walks out the door. You go look at these guys' heights over on whatever website you want to use. They're both listed at 6'4". I call balls on that. I don't know whether or not Bruce Brown is really six foot, or if Royce O'Neal is 6'8", and he's just been lying to us. He is a bigger player he is a more athletic player. We know that he can shoot from the outside as well, but I thought that the sample size you got from him was exactly the upgrade that Sean Marks and the Nets wanted to make with this type of glue guy player that can defend up different positions, but also has a little more offensive game, got downhill, can get at the basket, can put the ball on the deck, right? Like this, these are the marginal tweaks you make to a skill set that I think is going to pay big dividends when you see him consistently in the rotation. Yeah, he actually initiated a little more offense than I thought he was going to Ball handling, as well. Yep. yep. Um, I don't think he's going to be asked to do that a ton, but he played 17 minutes. I thought the minutes were really good. They threw some interesting kind of lineups out there where you're not going to get the shooting, the same kind of shooting as Harris, but you're going to get a defensive upgrade, probably a little bit of an on-ball upgrade, although, again, you don't want Royce doing too much. But I think with him, this is a good kind of guy because because he can shoot the three, because he can dribble just enough. They they had lineups where like they paired him and Mills. It was like a KD Kyrie Royce uh, Mills Dayron lineup, which I thought was pretty interesting mm-hmm. um, because it's not ex- it's not exactly what you would think. Except all of a sudden, maybe they don't have a true point guard in there, but the floor spacing is so good, and then Sharp can handle sort of some stuff underneath. But O'Neal helps unlock some of that because he can guard probably up to smaller fours without Simmons on the court and then you can alleviate take I mean look it wasn't like the Sixers were the Celtics here with like playing super wing heavy or whatever but he does have defensive versatility probably a little bit more than we saw with Bruce Brown at least in terms of the type of player he can guard like not necessarily that he's a better defender but he can just guard a different kind of guy yes or maybe like one half step up from what Brown could do and so yes different kind of guy but and I love Bruce Brown so this is not a knock on him Uh, we I would have loved to bring him back but Bring, if, if O'Neal is going to be sort of like the one-to-one analog in terms of minutes that Brown got, I think you can feel really encouraged by what those minutes are going to be because the floor spacing will be there. You can trust him on defense. You can trust him like mostly with decision-making, I think. And I do think that he's probably the six man over Patty Mills at this point, right? Like, yeah, you say, yeah. I mean, I know, I know Seth is, is hurt and he kind of works his way into here a little differently. But it does feel like with the way they ran him tonight with the minutes that he's basically the six man, um, Royce O'Neal. And so not your traditional kind of six man, because you usually think a six man is like a Jordan Clarkson, a Tyler Hero, a Patty, not Patty Mills to some degree, more of an offensive kind of guy. That's what we Mm -hmm. usually tend to think of when we say six man. Um, 
but I, I guess what I'm saying with him is he's, he's the kind of guy that can probably play in every lineup that the Nets have, right? Like there's like, he can basically play in just about every combination of guys. And I think when, you know, yeah, do we scratch our heads when they threw a first rounder for him? For sure. We might still end up doing that. But when you at least see the functionality of what he has with the different groups, you know that he's not going to be a kind of guy. Too many times last season, the Nets had guys where it was like, well, we can't play him if this other guy's going to play. I mean, how many yeah. times did we say that last yeah. year? We said that a million times last year. It's like, well, we can play him, but this guy can't play. <laughs> when we saw five guys out there and we went, well, this is going to be a disaster. Like, it was inevitable well, yeah, it was like, because they didn't have the options. Yeah. Yeah, if like Blake's stepping on the court, we can already make a list of the next three guys that can't be on the court, right? Like yeah. that's just how, and just Royce O'Neal is just not one of those guys. And so I think from that standpoint, we're going to see a lot of minutes out of him. I think I already feel like my minutes projection on him was too low. Uh, so that will be coming up just on how he was used tonight. And I think that's going to be warranted uh, when we see him playing, you know, 25, 26 minutes a night, may, maybe more off the bench. And let's go ahead and bring it right back to the top here with Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. We didn't really talk about Kevin Durant, obviously. That's the kind of thing that we did so much last year saying, yeah, his game looks like his game, and you didn't see him pressing. The same way we talked about Kyrie, right? Not necessarily looking to force the issue on the offensive end the way that he normally would, but you specifically talked about, uh, before we hopped on here, what what Ben Simmons affords them in terms of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving always needing to be on the floor. And I'll, I'll just briefly mention, with Royce O'Neal, again, his functionality is greatly impacted by having Ben Simmons in this fold in addition to the other two stars. I think what you're, you're going to see, and this is a thing that we just didn't have any access to last season, was once Harden was traded, the Nets had to have one of Kyrie or KD on the court at all times or else they were just getting completely trucked, right? Yep. Like they just had no chance. They just did not have anybody behind them. And any real five-man, forget talent. They had no real five-man combinations that could work <laughs> without one of those two guys on the court. And yeah. even with one of those two guys on the court, they had struggled to put five-man <laughs> combinations together uh, sometimes because of the fit. I think what we saw from Simmons tonight, even though they lost the minutes where this happened, I think we saw that against a team's second units, right? When we get into the bench, when we're in the regular season, when it's not the playoffs, so everyone pump your brakes, was in the regular season, when we're going through the grind of games, when you're like, you know, a game against the Pacers, a game against the, the Thunder, you know, the bottom of the league kind of teams, uh, even some of these middling teams. I think what we saw, and I think what we'll continue to see, is that they'll finally be able to play five-man lineups that can get by against other teams' second units and not get trucked. And yep. when that is, Simmons, three shooters, and then, like, another big. Like, so it's like Simmons, Harris, O'Neal, Mills, and then, like, De'Aaron Sharp, or or Claxton instead of Sharp, or something like that. Because with Simmons, with three shooters around them, they are going to get enough spacing to be a functional NBA lineup that can hang with other teams' second units so that guys like Kyrie and KD do not need to play 38 minutes a game like we saw last year where they just couldn't they, – they had no choice. They had to play these guys every minute of the game or else they were just going to lose, and that was just the case. I think we're going to see, as long as everyone stays relatively healthy here, we are going to see – situations where it's just going to, and we already saw it once tonight. They did it. Like they played Simmons in this lineup. Like they played Simmons with, with, with some spacing around it and had Kyrie and Katie on the bench together. I think we'll see that against other teams, second units and feel 
marginally confident that it's not going to be a massive losing venture. Right. Yeah. And it could even be a plus in some situations if the three is falling. So I, I think and that's just something we just again, the Nets didn't have last season. And I think to your point, these are things we'll start to grow on here coming up on tomorrow's episode. We're going to talk about what felt like, as you said, uh, its own game, the second half of this one. However, inside of that, you get to see Markeith Morris, you get to see Yuta Watanabe. We get to see some of the young guys in there. And I, and I think those second units and the 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 holdrums of what's going to happen during the regular season. Some of these guys are going to matter. And uh, sorry, uh, don't want to leave out Sumner in this mix Ooh, here because he had one alive. heck yeah, of a game. That, that guy looks like if he's going to be healthy, could be a real viable player for them. So a lot of players to take a look at there from that standpoint and how they can benefit inside of this rotation. All I know for sure, this is a great, it's just it's great to see basketball back, and it's great to have us be on a post game podcast talking about basketball. We spent a long time and a lot of episodes, justifiably so. I'm not going to take any of them back. Earned every single second of them, but we had to spend a lot of time talking about things that weren't related to basketball. This was 30 plus minutes talking about all the ways in which this team can be successful on the court together. Yeah, man, it feels good. Like it feels good. Like you said, talk about basketball. Sorry if we're coming in hot with some positivity here. After having to talk about all the question marks in the offseason, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. You can get the heck out of here then because this is what's going to be about as we head towards this season. Exactly. Like, this is just, you know, cautious optimism. I think that's a fine place to be after where the Nets have been over the last basically year, right? Like, yep. being cautiously optimistic around a group of guys that look like they can play together is just a, a, the right way to think. And I think we saw enough of that. We'll see a little bit more. We'll see how they kind of roll through the rest of this preseason. Uh, some teams are playing this differently in terms of who plays and who doesn't. I'm not sure how the Nets will do it when it comes to Thursday's game. My guess is we see something like the same thing, but who knows with the way it works. Uh, just know that we're going to be covering it all um, on the Lockdown Nets podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. We had so many YouTube. We did a live premiere here. If you're on YouTube, we had like 200 people in here at once. Uh, that's a close to a record maybe for us uh, that's really good we'll be doing some more live as the season goes on especially uh post game so make sure you subscribe to locked on at nets youtube make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts spotify itunes free and available the show's free everywhere we've seen a massive jump in everyone that's following along we're really really appreciative and like adam said super appreciative of just being able to talk basketball again you better believe it, guys. And I heard that as they went off the court after this game, you could hear Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant singing. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. Yes, we're the three best friends that anyone could have. And we'll never, ever, 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 ever leave each other. That is Zach Galifianakis. Oh, that's Allen. That's Allen, no, baby. Alan. I, could, I, could, I couldn't get the name. Thank you so much. That's Allen, baby. The three best friends that anyone could have. All right. Uh, we'll be back again talking. Well, no, excuse me. One of the all-time great American poets. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball.